0: Hi, this is India Ari. And before we get started today, I want to give you a trigger warning. This episode 25, Songversation Get It Together, will make mention of domestic violence and sexual abuse. I'm not going to go into great detail about either one of them. They're only a small part of what this song means, but I am going to talk about it. So you might want to skip this episode or you can listen along and I'll tell you when to skip ahead. All right, so let's get into it. I am India Ari, and this is my podcast, Songversation, where I choose one of my songs and I riff on that song. Simple as that, but it's never really simple because the songs always unfold and have their own story to tell. Even things that I don't know, the song wants to tell, and that's why I do this podcast for all of the things that it teaches me about myself. But my highest intention is that you will hear yourself in my story because we all go through the same things, just different venues. And so, it is always my prayer that you get whatever you are meant to get from this podcast. Because I do Songversation, the podcast, with the same intention that I make music with. And my intention is to spread love, healing, peace, and joy through the power of words and music. And so, let's see what this Songversation, Get It Together, episode 26, how it's going to unfold. All right, let's get into it. This is episode 26, Songversation Get It Together. If you are only listening to this podcast, then you will wonder how I skipped from 17 to 26. And I did that because there are several episodes on my Instagram page that I did to camera. So go check those out. You'll know they are song versations because you'll see me sitting there looking to the camera in the cover shot. So I did, um, let's see. I did Songversation Worthy with the Essence Festival featuring Beautiful Chorus. If you don't know who they are, check them out. I am in love with their music. Uh, I did Songversation I Am Not My Hair. I did Songversation Coulda, Shoulda, Woulda. I did Songversation Breathe when the protest started. I also did a very mini Songversation Strength, Courage, and Wisdom with the Essence Festival again. It might be one more or something. I don't know if I'm missing anything. But, so, this is episode 26. I'm finally sitting back at my computer and ready to dig into something. Um, And it's been coming to me in my meditation over and over again this last two weeks to do Songversation Get It Together. And I'm a little bit nervous about this one because it carries some heavy topics. And so trigger warning before we even get started, this episode is going to make mention of domestic violence and sexual abuse. I'm not going to go into too much detail, but I am going to mention it. So if either of those things make you uncomfortable, you might want to skip this episode or you can listen along and I'll tell you when to skip and we can do it like that. Of course, it's up to you, whatever you're most comfortable with. Okay, so before we go any further, let's listen to the song. <laughs> I like this song; it's my jam. This is I mean, they're all my jam, but this is my jam. For a lot of reasons that I think we're going to find out in this episode. This is Get It Together from my 2002 release, Voyage to India.
1: Blind. One shot to your heart without breaking your skin. No one has the power to hurt you like your kin Kept it inside, didn't tell no one else Didn't even want to admit it to yourself And now your chest burns and your back aches From 15 years of holding the pain And now you only have your. Out to blame if you continue to live this way. You're ahead of me, that's what they say. I'd be starving if I ate all the lies they fed. Cause I've been redeemed from your anguish and pain. A miracle child, I'm floating on a cloud. Cause the words that come from your mouth, you're the first to hear. Speak words of beauty, and you will be there. No matter what anybody says, what matters most is what you think of yourself. It you wanna heal your body. Get it you have to heal your heart. Yeah, whatsoever you sow, you choice is yours no matter what it is To choose life is to choose to forgive You do have to try and hurt him or break his pride Just shake that weight off and you'll be ready to fly One shot to your heart without breaking your skin no one has the power to hurt you like your friends. Thought it would never change, but as time moved on. That ugly duckling grew up to be a swan. And now it just burns Cause now, the years are showing up on your face, but you'll never be happy and you'll never be whole until you see the beauty in growing old. Get it you wanna heal your body, Get it you have to heal your heart whatsoever.
0: Okay, so where to begin, where to begin, where to begin? For me, many of my songs take a long time to gestate. Get It Together is one of those songs that are a perfect example of that. I remember first beginning to even ponder, like somewhere in the back of my mind, the concept of this song in about 1998, maybe, and then it was released in 2002. And the reason why this is important is because the very first time I ever went to New York, I was sitting on the plane with my friend, Anasa, who still is a part of my life, has still been a part of my career, was a part of my career before I became professional and signed. We've been together for a long time. Anasa Troutman, sitting on the plane with Anasa, we're going to New York because our friend Donnie wanted to audition for the Apollo and some other things we were going to do in New York. I don't remember everything now, but we all go to New York. It's my first time. I think I'm 21 and um, I pick up this random book out of the back of the airplane seat. And Anasa looks at me like, Do you need something to read? <laughs> She's like, Really, really smart, like a literary snob. And so she gives me this book called Anatomy of the Spirit by Carolyn Mace. That's spelled M Y S S, Carolyn Mace. And I hold on to this book for a long time. It's dense, it's big. It's dense, but I read parts of it slowly, and I still have the actual book. (laughs) Nasa did not give me that book. Somehow, I just kept it, I guess. Um, But I start reading it slowly, and I start to understand the concept of the mind-body connection. And somewhere in this same era, I don't know how long after going to New York this was, but Must have been in the same year or even in the same few months. I go to my favorite um, health food store and I was troubled about something and I must have looked troubled. I think I was working on healing my ulcer with natural remedies. It was just starting back then. And I... I guess I had this angsty energy about me. And so somebody in the health food store said, the owner here, she just kind of likes to talk to people and coach people if you ever want to talk to her. I don't remember her name. It is in my journal somewhere because she made a big impact on me. But we sat outside. She ate lunch. I talked to her about my feelings. And she really was the first person to really talk to me about the mind-body connection. And in the most basic terms, what that means is how, our, how, the, how the things we think about, our internal self-talk, the things that sit on, heavy on our hearts emotionally, um, our emotional wellness or lack thereof, how all that manifests physically. And so in the book Anatomy of the Spirit, one of the fundamental tenets of what she teaches in that book is that all illness starts in the energy body first. And so the most simple words I can find to describe what the energy body is, um, some people call it the subtle bodies. And so it describes the various layers of unseen um, energy that makes up the human being beyond our physical body. Gosh, I hope that made sense. (laughs) And so for example, when you hear people talk about chakras, that's a part of your energy body or your aura is a part of your energy body. Even your emotions and your, um, your emotional body is part of your energy body. Your mental body is part of your energy body. And so the things that you feel, the things that you think, all that stuff affects your subtle bodies. And then that hardens into different types of illnesses. And so I was having this ulcer and I was having it because I was struggling with a lot of things that I was coming to terms with about my young adulthood. And so she and I sat together and we talked about this. And it's funny, I can't remember exactly right now what advice she gave me. The way that I remember it today is that she told me, I told her I was a singer songwriter. I was not professional yet. I was signed, I was not professional. Um, But you know, she told me, maybe you wanna write a song about it and work it out that way, I think. (laughs) Uh, Something interesting that also happened that day was there was a restaurant next door to this health food store. I feel like it was called Rainbow, something like that. And so there was a vegan restaurant next door to the health food store and as i was leaving from this meeting with the owner of the health food store andre 3000 was coming into andre 3000 from outcast was coming into the health food store and he had his baby with him he was a baby at that time he was asleep and andre was holding him like he was little i guess he's like 21 now or something um but we chatted for a quick moment it was not my first time meeting andre and he he knew who i was but you know we weren't buddies or anything like that we chatted for a quick moment and He said to me, I may have told him I was having a hard time because also another part of the hard time I was having was dealing with my friends, my artistic circle and how they all were acting different based on me being signed. And also I was dealing with the struggle of making this album. I mean, it was just tearing me apart, like really, really tearing me apart to the point that I had these ulcers. And so I must've asked him, Or he said, how are you doing? And I said, I'm trying or whatever it was. It was something like that. And he said, well, I'll tell you this. Always make sure you're doing what you love. And I knew what he meant in that moment, but I would further come to know what he meant as I started making this album, especially as I got into making my second album, because what I haven't been very clear about, I just realized, is that at this time, I'm making my first album, Acoustic Soul. Although this song would end up to appear on my second album, Voyage to India, I wrote it during the Acoustic Soul era. So I'm trying to make Acoustic Soul of my first album, and I'm struggling. And I'm also struggling with things from my childhood that I'm struggling with, and struggling with my life changing, and all my friends leaving, and just... A struggle, it was really a hard time, and so that's where the seed of this song was planted. And I want to get further into what some of these struggles were about, but for anyone who's listening who is adhering to the trigger warning, I want to say this and then I want you to skip the next segment. So here's what I'm going to say One day when I was about 23, 22, 23, I, through a series of interesting events, end up running into my babysitter from when I was four, five, six years old. She just shows up at a friend's house and she remembers me because I'm about 23, 24. She's about 35. And so she remembers me and she tells me the story of the most traumatic day of my childhood. I was there, but she told me from a different angle. And also... I start to, from there, awaken to some of the other chaos that I got caught up in, in my home environment, in my childhood. And in this next segment, I'm going to detail this a little bit. So again, if you do not want to hear more mention of domestic violence or sexual abuse, skip this next segment. But I wanted you to be caught up so when you skip this next segment, you'll know what I'm talking about in the following segment. Okay, so either skip now or hang on and let's get into it in this next segment. It's so hard to remember the exact years when all of these things happen. But my guess is that it is around 1997. And I'm dating this guy. <laughs> I'm not even going to go into him. I'm going just, someday I was dating this guy. I was at his house and one of his friends comes over to hang out with us. And she's older than me. At this time, I was, well, how old was I in 1998? 23. I was 23, yeah. And so she comes to the house to hang out with us. And she's older. She might be like maybe 35. And, you know, she, we exchange names. My name is India, da da da. And she said, wait, is your name India Simpson? Is your mom Joyce and your father Juwan? And I'm like, yeah. And it turned out that she was my babysitter from when I was between the ages of four and six, and she was my babysitter. And she had a twin brother who babysat my brother, and she babysat me. D and Bobby Green. D is the is the woman I'm talking to. Bobby is her brother. Okay, and so we become friends. And she says to me, I was there the day that uh, your mother and father got into the fight. And in fact, I saw it happening and I ran across the street and got my aunt and uncle, and my aunt grabbed his arm before he hit her again. So, I remember the day that this happened because I was at church with friends and uh, family friends. They were like my cousins. My father was a professional basketball player. And so we were growing up in Denver, Colorado. There were not a lot of black people there at all. But the black people we knew who we were in community with, most of them were athletes, either from the Denver Broncos or the Denver Nuggets. And so my father's best friend, Phil, who was also an ex-professional ball player, and his wife, Carlotta, lived across the street from us. We lived on a street called Lansing Street. And so I was at church with some of my other friends. They were like my cousins. Their father, his name was Otis Armstrong. He played for the Denver Broncos. And so we're all born together. Our mothers were all pregnant and at the hospital with all of us as we were born, so we're like cousins. So I'm at church with Otis's wife and his two daughters and my other friend slash cousin, Akilah. Her father played for the Denver Nuggets as well. His name is Mike Green. So hope all that made sense. <laughs> so we're coming from church and we pull up to the house and there's an ambulance and police outside the house. And Otis's wife, her name is Yvonne Armstrong. She panics, wait right here, I'll, I'll be back, wait right here. And so she jumps out of the car. She had a white, what is that kind of car called? A white Z, something Z. It was like a hatchback car with a Z in the name. Anyway, she jumps out of the car, runs up to the house, and we see a stretcher carrying my mom out. And we're all, there's four of us, Tamu, Tasha, Akila, and me. We're all in the car just crying. Oh, my God, what's going on? Crying, crying, hugging each other. I don't remember a lot what happened after that. I remember I went to stay with family friends for a couple days and then I came home when my mother came home and she came home with a cast wrapped around her head and um, a cast on her hand and stitches in her hand. I think it was like over 50 stitches in her head and a lot in her hand and a cast on her hand. (sighs) And so the reason why all this matters is because going back to that moment when I was hanging out with the guy I was dating and this... Woman comes over and says she remembers me. Turns out, again, she's my babysitter from when I was four, five, maybe six. And she tells me the story of this day from a different angle. I remember it from the car. She remembers it from the moment. Right. I didn't know the details of the story until Dee told me. I knew that I came up to the house. She was being taken out on the stretcher. I came back home a couple days later, and she was there with the cast on her head and on her hand. That's what I remembered. And when Dee told me how she got the stitches and what my father actually hit her in the head with and how it all went down and how her uncle Phil grabbed his arm before he hit her again, when she told me all of that, my perception of my father changed, obviously. And I was just dealing with the pain of all of that. And I started awakening to a lot of the things in my childhood that were abusive. And that's when I finally just started calling the sexual abuse that I experienced what it was, which was sexual abuse. Uh, Without going into too much detail, I had several adults between my ages of about eight and 10, just be inappropriate with boundaries. And I want to say it wasn't the worst kinds of abuse. It wasn't as drastic as some stories we've all heard. I've heard ferocious, uh, horrible stories of abuse. We all have, and mine didn't go as far as some people, but as far as the journey of life is concerned and the way that your heart feels, when somebody hurts you, somebody hurts you. And so I didn't have anyone else's pain to compare mine to. I just knew my pain. And I started really realizing like, wait a minute, These are some of the things that happened in my childhood this is the kind of childhood i had and so again i'm about 23 20 i'm between the ages of 22 and 24 when i'm processing all of this and so this is what's sitting heavy on me this is a big part of where the ulcers are coming from because it's just with me and it's heavy because i'm realizing all of these things and while music certainly was my saving grace I went into the music industry thinking that if I could make more music, I could heal myself more and I could like myself more because I could be a success and I could have money and I wouldn't have to ask anybody for anything. And, you know, it was all tied in with my emotional healing becoming its success. It all became tied into its own big thing, which is something I had to learn how to parse out over the years. (laughs) Uh, We might get into that later. We might not. We'll see. But let me just say that the music industry is not the place you go to when you want to be healed emotionally and so i learned that lesson that success and reaching your dreams and accomplishment i learned that accomplishment does not actually heal your emotional wounds i am very proud of what i've accomplished and um honored that I got to live a life where I got to do it with music because I love music. I still do, even after all this music industry crap. I still love music. Um, It's the love of my life, really. But while music has been cathartic, the music industry and um, professional success is not a healer. So I had to continue over the years to learn to heal myself. And I wanna get further into that and go back into this book, going back to the airplane with Anasa headed to New York and she gives me that book, Anatomy of the Spirit. I wanna talk a little bit about what's in that book and how it assisted with my healing over the years in this next segment. Okay, so if you are adhering to the trigger warning I think it is safe for you to be joining this segment. I'm going to recap a little bit, but I'm not going to go into any details at all. So welcome back. Here we go. (laughs) Going back to the book, Anatomy of the Spirit, she talks about the heart chakra. Again, the subtle body, the chakra system are places in the energy system where um, meridians body meridians converge and so they converge at we believe seven main places root chakra which is red represented by red sacral chakra is orange the solar plexus is in the belly it's yellow then you go up in the middle of the chest it's the heart in the middle of the throat it's uh, the heart is green or sometimes they say pink the throat is blue uh, the third eye, which is the center of your forehead, is indigo, and the crown is purple. So if you ever seen any of those models of the person with those colors down in the middle of their body, those are the chakras where the meridians meet, the body meridians. And so in the book Anatomy of the Spirit, Carolyn Mace talks about the heart chakra. And I don't remember the exact wording right now, but she said something like, it can be like a shot to your heart without breaking your skin. I think that is what she said, but actually I think she said, like a shot to your heart without piercing the skin. And so I meet the lady at the health food store. She says, maybe writing a song about it will work for you. And then I reunite with my babysitter from when I was four or five and I start awakening to some of the chaos of my childhood. And I'm starting to really realize things. And During this whole era, again, I'm struggling with making this album, Acoustic Soul. I'm just trying to figure out how to make an album and how to deal with losing all my friends and how to deal with all this other stuff. Like I'm just really, really, really carrying a lot. I think at the person I am today, I could probably deal with it all. But you know, back then this was the first time that I ever dealt with so much emotional tumult at once. I've dealt with a lot of things since then, 20 years ago now. But back then it was the first time, the first awakening, the first time I ever felt emotional pain that my mother couldn't kiss away. It wasn't a boo-boo, it wasn't a little pain, it wasn't a little, you know, something that could be solved by, you know, my parents making sure I got the shoes for school, or it wasn't like that, you know? It was something that I, for the first time, had to deal with on my own. And it was a lot. And so I started writing the song with my friend, his name is Dana Johnson. If anybody knows the singer Avery Sunshine, Dana Johnson is her husband and songwriting partner. But back then we were all a part of an artist collective called Groovement and we had our own independent label called Earthseed. And I just um, had pulled myself apart from Groovement Earthseed because I, I wanted to make money to be completely honest. And so I pulled myself out of that, but we were all still in each other's orbits. And so I went to sit with Dana, and he started playing those guitar chords, and I started putting my story of Get It Together to the song. I don't remember the moment that I wrote that first line, one shot to your heart without breaking your skin. No one has the power to hurt you like your kin. Like I don't really remember, but... I would say the way my mind remembers it now is that all of this started while on a road trip up to Detroit. Because again, I'm trying to make the album Acoustic Soul. And I wanted, again, I said trying because it was all like new. I did not know how to do it. I worked on the album for two years, which at that time was a long time because I didn't know how long it was supposed to take. And I had been all up in New York and tried with live bands and tried to have an engineer bring a live band in and sing over the band and... But I don't even know how to warm my voice up, so I don't know how to work with the band. I don't know how to sing full takes like that. I worked with um, Dwayne Wiggins from from Tony, Tony, Tony. and went out to the Bay Area for the first time and worked with him and was trying to get that. You know, I just did a lot of different things. Could not figure it out. Didn't know how. It just wasn't coming together. It just wasn't. Slowly. I mean, it was. That's only in hindsight, because, you know, slowly walking in the direction where it would all come together, but it wasn't coming together yet. And so somebody told me that I should go meet this producer in Detroit named Dilla. (laughs) So this is Jay Dilla of the famous Soul Quarians. And we drive. I'm working with this woman who's a talent scout from Universal. I have no idea why she decided we should drive, but I went along with it because I didn't know what I liked or didn't like back then. So it was me, her, and my mother. Ooh, I had to laugh at that because, to be honest, they were both obnoxious to me. Um, they talked a lot and had to stop and pull over and use the bathroom all the time. And the talent scout would always say, I have to papino. <laughs> Ooh, and that song, use a big fine woman once you back that thing up. It was out, and they would just sing it and laugh. Use a big fine woman. <laughs> always singing it use a big fine woman I want you back that thing up all the time and they became really good friends so they were like on a trip together as friends and talking and got a papino and use a big fine woman and all this stuff for 12 hours oh gosh so anyway (laughs) I put my headphones on and started working on my song and in my mind that's when I started writing the words my mother and also the talent scout who ended up being a friend for a little while there. We are not friends now, decidedly not, but we were friends for a long time. Um until she betrayed me. Um they knew that I was dealing with this awakening around my childhood and the sexual abuse and the domestic violence. They knew. And so the, um it was like a celebration when I started to sing the words to them. They were like, Wow, you know, oh yeah, you know, all that. Um so I feel like I started writing it in the car. It's Probable that I started before that, but the way my mind remembers it is that I started in the car. I definitely remember writing the bridge in the car because I sang it to them and they were like, Yes, you nailed it. So the bridge is that part. The choice is yours no matter what it is to choose life, is to choose to forgive. That's the bridge. And so I remember that um, as the moment that the song was born. And side note, we get all the way to Detroit. <laughs> We get to the studio where Dilla's supposed to be and they're like, oh, no, he's not here. He's he's um he's gone. He's working with Erica Badu. And I remember just thinking that how could you bring us all the way up here? And you didn't call him first. But I guess she thought we were going to just pop up on him and see what happened. But my song was born in the car that day, that couple days, however long it took us to drive there. We drove from Nashville to Detroit. <laughs> forgot about that. Ay ay ay. So, anyway, um there's a lot more to say about this song, so I'm going to end this segment. Let's get into it in this next segment. <laughs> get it together is a song about healing, really at its essence. And so when I went on tour last year in 2019, I was touring with the album Worthy. And we would open the show with a prayer, which was usually I Am Light. And then the first song I would sing would be Get It Together. Because for me, my song, Versation performances are all about um, facilitating the audience as individuals to have an experience with themselves. And I'm just using the music to guide their experience with themselves. And so instead of talking about my own personal pains, which I did talk about in that last segment, again, welcome back if you adhere to the trigger warning. But instead of talking about my own personal pains, I just talk about the fact that I have pains, that I have things that I'm healing from, that I have things that hurt me, you know, and so The band will start playing in the show. Right? They'll start playing. And the audience will be like, hey, you know, like that's their jam. Hey. And then I tell the audience, if you are healing from anything, put your hands together right now. And they kind of clap a little bit. Mm They clap. You no, know, like, cause they're, they they chose to be at this show, so they start clapping, and then I say, I want to ask you again, if you're healing from anything, if you're healing from being a black man in America, if you're healing from being a black woman in corporate America, if you're healing from anything in your childhood, if you're healing from a failed marriage, if you're healing from a failed pregnancy, if you've ever had, a, 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 if you ever had to heal from the fear of a car accident or losing money or the fear of great success, having a really big success and being afraid of that or losing a parent, if you've ever had anything that you have had to work through the healing of, I want you to put your hands together right here. And the whole place would just be like, clap, 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 clap. Like just everybody would clap and rock so hard because everybody has something that they go through. It's a part of life. And the thing that I've learned into my adulthood is that the things that we go through that hurt are not wrong, uh, backtrack. I'm not talking about the thing that hurt you. I'm talking about the fact that we feel hurt. The fact that we sometimes feel hurt is human. People do plenty of wrong things to each other. If you believe in the concept of wrong and right, people do plenty of wrong things to each other. But also the experience of pain is a very, very human one. And when the pain comes along, it's not wrong. It's just a part of life. And so, I start my performances that way to set the tone of where we're going to go inside of the two hours that we spend together when I'm doing my songversation performances. So that people can start to open up their hearts and let the songs come in and speak directly to them. Because sometimes when you listen to a song like that, if it didn't already speak directly to you. When you are told by the person singing to you, listen closely to the words, I'm talking to you, you can start to hear the song on different layers. And so going back to the conversation about the subtle body or the energetic body, when you start to listen, not just with your physical ears, but your spiritual ears, and pay attention to how you're really feeling, how the vibration of the sound is interacting with your own vibration, your own subtle body. Then it creates a different experience of music. That is what live music is really all about, is the intermingling of everyone's energies. And there's something really healing that I've seen happen over and over again. It happens for me, and I watch it happen in the audience. When everyone can just acknowledge pain as a part of life instead of as a deep dark secret it lifts the pain a little bit (laughs) when you can just be like well it's a human experience the particulars can be different the experience of it is universal we're all going to hurt over something and so being in a room together intermingling energies and everybody realizing we all got something let's just set that on the table right now before we even get started tonight (laughs) it's something really important about that and so going back to the song when it opens like that, one shot to your heart without breaking your skin, no one has the power to hurt you like your kin is such a universal truth that so many of us, our first pains come through our family. I believe that our families are our soulmates and that we come here to do work together on ourselves and on each other. And so I have learned over the years to not even look at it like my family is all messed up, but to look at it like, this is what I've learned from my family and to take my lessons and make the most of it. And so that's really what this song is about. And, it, and this song is also about the truth that what I believe to be the truth, <laughs> that when it comes down to your deepest pains, you have to heal yourself. So often the person who perpetrated any kind of pain on you or abuse will not apologize. They might even lie and say they didn't do it or whatever, whatever. So many times you don't get the satisfaction of watching the person fall and bump their head the way that they hurt you. You don't get that satisfaction, but you have to decide for yourself how you're going to get the satisfaction of becoming more whole because of the experience. And so, like Nelson Mandela said, um, resentment is like drinking poison thinking it's going to kill the other person. I So funny. I've heard that so many times over the course of my life, but back when I was first writing this song, that was my first time hearing that saying and it struck me deeply. Part of it made me mad because I was like, well, how do you forgive somebody? How do you let it go? I want to let it go. I would snap my fingers right now and let go of all my childhood pain and let go of all the people who hurt me in my childhood if I could. Um, <laughs> but how, like, I don't know how. And so I had a little bit of resentment about that, but I also realized that it was a journey that was worth my time because I wanted to heal. I had ulcers and I'm not saying that I was completely sure that my childhood experiences were connected to the ulcers, but I do know that my emotional state in general was connected to the ulcers. And this was the thing that was biggest on my mind and heart at the time. And so I felt I felt that it was worthy, a worthy journey to undertake, to figure out how to find forgiveness. And I think I've said this somewhere in the podcast along the way. If I'm going to say it again right now. What I have learned through the course of my life and having to forgive a lot of people for a lot of things, what I've learned is that forgiveness is not Something that happens all at once. It happens a little bit at a time. And then before you know it, you look up and it's kind of not there. It's happened for me with many things in my life. I hope that same thing can be true for you. If if you're not attached to it all being gone tomorrow, but if you're just doing the work a little bit every day to feel better about it, to forgive, to release the hold, to release holding something so tight, emotionally, if you're willing to do the work a little bit every day. I mean, I think a little bit every day adds up to something. And so I've gotten over things I thought I would never make it through. I have a song called This Too Shall Pass that to me was heart-wrenching. I would sing it and I would feel all this emotion. And then over the years, I let the impetus for that song, I started to just heal a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. And then I got on stage one day, and I tried to sing it, and I giggled. <laughs> I was like, I don't even feel this anymore. And a lot of things, and some things have been harder. There's some things I'm still working to forgive, especially from my childhood, but they do, certainly don't hold me as tightly, or I don't hold it as tightly as I, as I did. And so, you know, forgiveness is a worthy journey for you, for your health and your well-being, and so... That's really what this song is about. It's about the mind-body connection, and it's about the truth that your healing is, is something that you have to do. So let me see, where else do I wanna go with this in this next segment? So as I'm thinking about them, I'm actually smiling really hard right now because the song Get It Together has a connection to the song Brown Skin. It has a connection to Sade. And um, it has a connection to what I call my second birthday. (laughs) I forgot about all of this. So a song has two elements, basically, lyrics and melody. To take a song from just a song to a completed recording, like what you would hear on the radio, you add instruments around the song. And so now you have lyrics and melody and the band, quote unquote band could be a lot of different things but you know a band bass drums guitar program drums hip hop beat whatever you have music around your song and so the producer of this song is my longtime writer and collaborator shannon sanders but the cool thing about this song which i did not remember until today is that this is actually the first thing that shannon and i worked on production wise. The first thing we wrote together, like again, a song is lyrics and melody. The first thing we did that together on was the song video, but he was not the person who produced the record. That was a man named Carlos Brody. The first time Shannon and I got together for the purpose of producing a record was for this song, Get It Together. And so I had um, most of it written and then he thought the chorus wasn't catchy enough because at the time when I came to him in Nashville, Tennessee, to his studio with him and his uh, production partner, Drew Ramsey, who's a guitar player. Shannon does keys. Drew does guitar. They write the songs together. And so when I went to the studio at Drew's house, <laughs> um, I had the song and the chorus went like this at the time. You want to heal your body. You have to heal your heart. Get it together before it tears you apart, together dun- Doug- söy- before it tears you apart. What's something like that? And so Shannon is really great at writing a hook, which is the catchy part of the song that hooks you, which is why we call it the hook. And so he he changed it around. So. That's what you hear on the record. Get it together. You want to heal your body again. Get it together. You have to heal your heart. And then I forgot about this. Shoot. My mother was sitting in the corner because I was really like, I needed her there at the time. Like she was like my, I don't know, my comfort zone. Like I needed someone who was going to be my person in the room when I was making music at the time. That's how I was back then. And she was like, my greatest musical mentor. So having her there was really natural. And so she, from the corner of the room, because my mother has like real quick, creative insights are like fast. And she said, Um, how about whatsoever you sow, you shall reap. <laughs> and we we're like, yeah, yeah. Whatsoever you sow, you will reap. Get it together. So, all that happened that day in the studio and then after we worked on that again this is shannon sanders who ended up being my songwriting partner to today we've written many many songs together if you listen to this podcast you've heard me talk about him but just to recap for anybody who hasn't heard me talk about shannon we've written let's see we wrote video together um we wrote little things god is real good man um Follow the Sun from this last album, Worthy. Roller coaster from this last album, Worthy. Uh, So many things, so many things, so many songs. But also, after we finished working on Get It Together, he said, come here, let me show you something. So he went to the acoustic piano and he played me what we call a vibe. So a vibe is just when you have an idea that's not fleshed out yet. So I got this vibe you might like. And he started playing Brown Skin. And I said to him, don't do anything with that, that's mine. And so brown skin was, the seed was planted for brown skin that day. And so that was an auspicious day that now makes sense why we've been together for 25 years, because also going back to the making of Acoustic Soul and that era when the ulcers started, I was having such a hard time making Acoustic Soul because I didn't understand what production was. Again, I knew how to write songs. Songs are lyric and melody. I can do that. But when then somebody says, how are we going to produce these? Back then, I was like, what? What do you mean? I didn't really even understand what that meant. And so I didn't know how to find the production. I didn't know what I was looking for. I didn't know How I wanted the drums to sound or if I wanted strings or how forward I wanted the guitar or if I wanted guitar or I didn't know and I didn't know that every song can be different and that you had to then mix it and all the stuff that goes in with making a completed record. I didn't know that. And so if you listen to the Follow the Sun episode of Songversation, you'll hear me talk about Shannon, actually, and also producing and mixing and all that stuff and everything that goes into it. But I didn't know what production was. And so meeting Shannon was such a valuable, important part of my career because he then became not only my musical director, which is the person who runs the band during a live performance. He also became my songwriting partner, which again is lyrics and melody. And he also became one of my most frequent producers. In fact, he also wrote and produced with me the song Yellow, the song Ghetto, I forgot about those. Just as we're thinking about production, they're coming to mind. And so I met a songwriting partner, musical director, and producer all in one. And that was really important, especially at that moment. I was already completing Acoustic Soul, so I did not have him produce Brown Skin, nor did he produce video. But when it was time to um, make my second album, I was on tour with Sade. She came to see me play in London. I was doing a show with Music Soul Child and she was came to see both of us and she chose me. And I was scared. Boy, I was nervous about the whole concept like she chose me? I'm about to go to these arenas? What am I going to do? And blah, blah, blah. but I did it and it ended up being one of the best parts of my career. Wish I could go back to that era because it was before 9/11, before the airports got crazy, before all of that. And so 9/11 happened while we were on tour actually. So whole other, that's a whole other story. So while we're on tour with Shannon as my musical director, we had written Brown Skin and Video. We started working on this next album, which would become Voyage to India. And so we wrote lyrics together and he produced the songs too. And so again, going back to the creation of Get It Together. So again, for the third time, not gonna tell you this again, (laughs) just wanna say one last time, a song is lyrics and melody. And so I wrote the song with Dana Johnson, who is Avery Sunshine's husband, and he was my friend. We were part of the same artist collective and independent label. We were called Groovement as an artist collective, Earthseed as a label, and Dana was a part of that. And so he and I wrote the lyrics and melody. Shannon Sanders helped to flush out the chorus. And while we were on tour with Shadé, Shannon did the production for the song, so the instruments. So the way the drums sound, the way the snare sounds, the strings, that's Shannon. And so we became a unit and did all of that together as a unit, the writing and the production and the musical direction together as partners starting on the Sade tour. And so we did most of the album on the tour not the finished records, but the songs and the direction of the production. And then I went into the studio and put it all together when it was time. And so mm. that's what A has to do with this song. And uh, the third thing that I said this song was about was something I call my second birthday. The day is July 26th. I don't remember the year now. It must have been 2002. Um, must have been July 26, 2002, I'm guessing. But I know it was July 26th. And it happened the day that I went to record the vocal for the song, Get It Together. So as a reminder, because I'm not sure where anybody who was adhering to the trigger warning dropped out. So I just want to say this quickly. I started writing the song about some of my childhood wounds while on a road trip to Detroit to meet the producer Jay Dilla. I get there. He's not there because he's working with Erica. I don't know why anybody didn't decide to call ahead and see if he was around. I'm thinking I'm about to meet Dilla. That was before Dilla was like a legend. He was just someone that we all loved and knew and his production was beautiful and warm. But of course now he's like a legend. They have Dilla Day where they celebrate his birthday because he was just that impactful to the music world. But um, I start writing the song probably 1999 on a road trip to Detroit. By this time, Acoustic Soul's been out. I had the whole experience at the Grammys where I got shut out with no awards and my first experience of the politics of the music industry. Then I go on tour with Sade and I make my second album, Voyage to India. And then it's time to record the song because again, I said I wasn't going to say it again, but I'm going to say it one more time. A song is lyrics and melody. The production is everything else. So it's time to produce the song. And so we go into the studio again at Drew's house, Shannon's songwriting partner. Same house, different studio. They put an addition on the house. They had built an addition to the house. So he has a new studio. And so Shannon reminded me of this. I don't really remember all of it, but I'm going to reiterate it the best I can. I go to Nashville to record some stuff. And... Get it together is now the current song that we're slated to do, and they tell me that I get in the studio, I start trying to sing, and I go, you know, I need some tea. <laughs> so they go, okay, so he makes me some tea, and then I go, I actually need some ginger tea and some snacks, and so we leave the studio and drive to Whole Foods, get the snacks, get the food, come back, I make my own special ginger tea, da 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 da, and then they told me that I said I need a yoga mat. <laughs> I wanted to stretch and so I do all that and then I start trying to sing and it's not coming together and I go I don't feel it this is after like a whole day of trying to work on the song apparently I don't fully remember this but this is what they said I do kind of remember but this is what they tell me so then I we end our session (laughs) and I go back to the air uh, to the there was no Airbnb back then I go back to the bed and breakfast I'm staying at And I really start thinking about the song and everything that it means and everything that I'm saying and everything that I'm working on healing in myself with the song. And I realized that I had a little bit of a conversation I needed to have with myself. And so I'm not going to tell you everything that happened that day, but I remember just having a real talk with myself a lot of journaling it also involved at looking at certain parts of my body in the mirror and coming to peace with certain parts of my body and i remember just feeling like it was the first time i ever made a decision to empower myself and realize that it was a decision away and so i felt like i was bringing my energy back into my body from some of the Places that it was out to regarding my childhood pain, I was just like bringing it back into my body. And so I go to the studio that day. They told me I sang the whole song down in three takes, <laughs> which I do like a hundred takes, literally a hundred. I'll sing something over and over again because like twenty of them are vocal warm ups, and then I'll sing it again, you know, fifty more times, and then I'll start getting to the heart of my voice, and I'll sing it maybe eight to 10 times and that ends up being the vocal. We'll kind of like edit pieces together and stuff like that of those eight to 10 sweet spots. They told me I sang the song down in three takes. (laughs) Cause I guess when you're ready, you're ready. Uh, This is a little bit of a side note too. Uh, The BET Awards was happening. And at the time I was very close friends with Music Soul Child. And so I had just had that experience with the Grammys where I went. I was nominated for seven. I didn't win any, and it just felt really political. And then it was time to make my second album, Voyage to India, and I'm coming off tour with Sade and all that stuff. And then they have the BET Awards, and I'm just like, I'm not going to win. I'm not going. Because also I had been to the NAACP Image Awards. I was nominated for four of those. I didn't win any. I was nominated for... um, best new artist for the first annual BET award. I didn't win that. Like it was just a lot of little stuff that was just like, well, this is how it's gonna be. I'm not going. So I want to say this is the second annual BET award. It's either second or third. It wasn't that many. We hadn't had that many yet. Um, and I was in Nashville recording and they asked me to come and I said, no. <laughs> and uh, they called me and said, please, you will not be upset if you come. So I went. And I told music, if I do not win, I'm walking up on the stage anyway because I'm tired of this. And so when it was time for my award, he came from his seat and sat by me with the intention of holding me back in case I decided to do that. (laughs) Oh, my God. This is all so funny um, to remember all this. But I did win. And uh, so that was that. Uh, I have something else that just came to mind. In this next segment. (laughs) I wanna say this too about the premise of this song. So the chorus says, Get it together, you wanna to heal your body. Get it together, you have to heal your heart. Whatsoever you sow, you will reap. Get it together. What I know is that, of course, we have to, once something comes from your energetic body and it calcifies into your physical body, you're gonna to have to deal with it on a physical level too. But also when I say heal your heart, I'm talking about doing what brings you the most peace because that place of peace is at least a part of the answer to any type of illness. A lot of times in my life, I found that even like when my mental health was struggling and going through bouts of depression, for me, it wasn't so much about um, uh, chemical imbalance. It was much more about the life I was living and how it felt and how people felt to me and how the experiences were feeling and doing too much. Trying to go to too many cities in one day and going straight from recording to the BET Awards and then straight to Europe and then straight back to the States. And then, you know, uh, 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 all the stuff, it was a lot. And so I started learning what it meant to, to, to do the things that brought me peace. And so sometimes that meant separating from some people or it meant speaking my truth to some people or it meant soaking my body or it meant putting some parameters around touring or moving slower or saying yes or saying no or keeping a tighter schedule, or keeping a closer eye on my schedule because people will schedule you for anything because they don't have to put their body in the room. I learned that one early. Um, Also, this reminds me of my favorite part of the song. Um, How does it go? Uh, Because the words that come from your mouth, you're the first to hear. Speak words of beauty and you will be there. No matter what anybody says, what matters most is what you think of yourself. Again, that's about that mind-body connection, your internal self-talk. And so it's very easy to just let it roll and do what it's doing. And it takes a little bit of work to observe your thoughts and to make decisions about how you want to deal with the way that you're thinking about things and about yourself. And so, again, a big part of healing is doing that which brings you peace and eliminating as best you can that which does not bring you peace. And so that's what, again, The song says you want to heal your body. You have to heal your heart. So there's something else that comes to mind. Even just singing those words. The song has taken a little bit of a different shape um, over the years. Just as I've had time to live with it. And have had more time to live. So now in concert I say. Cause the words that come from your mouth go into your ears. Cause... Cause they do. <laughs> I just thought it was a clever way to say that. But the second thing that's changed, it just changed on the Worthy tour because I'm maturing and my body's changing. I mean, it continues to change, it's always changed. I've, um, my weight has fluctuated, my body shape has changed. Just, you know, all kinds of things. I think we all do. And so um, the song took on a new shape and the bridge. So A classical song structure would have a verse, a bridge, and a chorus in any sort of configuration, right? And so the bridge very often comes before the chorus. It's considered a bridge between the verse and the chorus, which is why it's called a bridge. And so the final bridge of this song says, And now your head hurts. And your side aches because now the years are showing up on your face. But you'll never be happy and you'll never be whole until you see the beauty in growing old. Right? When I went on tour this uh, time, <laughs> the lyrics have changed to this. And now your chest burns and your side aches Because now the years, they're showing up on your waist But you'll never be happy and you'll never be whole If your worth is determined by the size of your clothes (laughs) Because, you know, that's my story these days So this song continues to be a healing for me Not that I really have an issue about gaining weight. It's just hard to, it's hard uh, continuing to change the drastic ways that some of us change through the course of our lives. It's hard to come to terms with the changes sometimes. But I'm at peace with myself. I like the way I look at my clothes. I feel good about things. But, you know, it's just different. And so this song continues to heal me. And... uh, I think that the last thing I want to say about this song is that just recently I confronted someone who hurt me in my young adulthood. I am a a person who loves harmony. And what I've learned over the course of my life is that harmony at all costs is actually not harmony. So if I have to um, in some way abandon myself or abandon my truth for that harmony, then it's not harmony now, is it? And so I had one person in my life who I just felt sorry for them and I didn't like the idea of hurting them even though they hurt me. And so I would be nice to them when I would see them at family functions or whatever. I would be genuinely kind, but I also would be betraying myself because I'd be stuffing down a lot of what I was feeling. And so recently they reached out to me and tried to reach out casually. And because I'm growing to learn that one of the things that brings me peace sometimes is confrontation, I told them how I felt when they reached out. I was like, you know, no, you hurt me a lot. I'm still pushing through that. I don't want to. I can't deal with you right now because I'm I'm uh, working on my own healing around us. The person did not respond well. They got like really selfish and said all these crazy things and told me, don't you ever call me again? And I was like, cool. <laughs> because the truth is, the way that I am wired, when I even think about hurting someone else, it like makes me cry. Literally, like when I would think about telling this person, I don't want you in my life, it would make me cry because I knew it would hurt them. But when they told me they didn't want me to be in their life anymore because I wouldn't lend them some money. Yeah, there's that part. Um, When they said that they didn't want me to be in, in their life anymore and they said don't call anymore. I felt relieved. And I also felt like I had come to such a strong place in the healing of this particular issue. That I didn't need to do the dance with that person anymore. And that they had done me a favor by saying it first. But there's a part of me that knows that I also called that in. Because I did. I actually prayed about it. Like, can this just... Can this relationship right here be over? And so over this last week, I think this is why the song Get It Together keeps coming to mind because this song really is about, like I said, self-healing and the mind-body connection and what it means to heal yourself. And it's been coming up for the last week and I've been avoiding it because I thought I was like, I don't want to rehash all that. Not that it has to do with so much pain, but the song just came out of so many things. Like starting in ninety eight and my old babysitter and Sade and the Grammys and my second birthday and you know, just all the it, all the life that the song lived <laughs> before it was even born. So I thought I didn't want to go into all that, but I've had a really great time having this conversation. And again, what I always learn something about myself that I did not realize before I started this conversation? What I'm realizing now is that having this conversation get it together is a further closing of the chapter with that person in my life. And so I honor that. I honor this space for being a part of that closure. A big part of that closure. So thank you for being here. I think this is a perfect time for a closing affirmation. I say this affirmation for myself and for everyone listening. May we all learn that we have the power in our hands to heal ourselves. May we be patient with our healing, knowing that healing and forgiveness are incremental, but that we can get there. And that even if we can't get to 100% healing, 100% forgiveness, that we know that the work towards it is healing in and of itself. It's all a journey and all we can do is take the journey that we don't hold our abuses or our pains as any sort of Shame that we don't even hold it as blame that we hold it as just a part of life happening and that we understand That we have what it takes to deal with it And that we can learn what it means to heal ourselves and in that way perhaps be able to assist someone else in healing themselves Because as an interconnected humanity We're all here doing the same dance together same dance And I affirm right now that anybody listening to the sound of these words, whatever your burdens are, that you feel at least a little bit lighter and at best, a lot lighter about them because you remember that there is nothing wrong with you. No guilt, no blame, definitely no shame. And you are learning to accept all of you. And in that acceptance, you find empowerment to become a more whole you. And lastly, I wanna thank you for being here for this episode 26 of Songversation, the podcast, Songversation Get It Together. I also want to remind you that there are five or six Songversations on my Instagram page that I did to camera. Uh, I did Songversation Breathe, Songversation I'm Not My Hair, a very short Songversation Strength, Courage, and Wisdom. I did Songversation uh, Worthy with a wonderful group called Beautiful Chorus. Oh, and I'm so glad I want to remind you of that name, Beautiful Chorus. My favorite album of theirs is called Wheels of Light. And so we talked in this podcast about the energy body and about the chakras. And if you look at their album cover for Wheels of Light, you will see an illustration of the chakras, which are also called by some people, wheels of light. And so go check those out if you haven't already. And I'm glad that you listened to this today and I'm glad that you're still rocking with me and rocking with the podcast. During this quarantine and the protest and everything that's happening, I have decided that the podcast is something that I want to make my main project. So... Hold a vision that we can have a lot more of these coming up soon. And just thank you for being here. Don't forget to follow me at Songversation Podcast. I haven't been posting much there lately, but I'm getting it together. <laughs> Pun intended. <laughs> uh, I love y'all. And until next time, may you clearly hear the song in your heart. I like that.